This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, and when we get sober, they can almost feel magnified at first because we're adjusting to feeling all our feelings again rather than using alcohol to numb them. I was honestly really surprised when I got sober at how many emotions came up for me. I remember literally saying, I have so many feelings right now, and it felt really overwhelming having to feel them all. But the great thing about that is that it gave me the clarity and awareness that I had some things to work through, like people-pleasing and like my own self-talk. That's where therapy can be so helpful because because it's a safe space to get things off your chest and begin to work through what's been weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. What I really love about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire and you'll be matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com happiest today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash happiest. You guys know I'm all about making our lives as easy as possible in sobriety. Well, you can eat stress-free this spring with Factor Meals, and they're offering my listeners 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month with code HAPPIEST50. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted and dietitian approved You can choose from a weekly menu of 35 options plus more than 60 different add-ons. What I love so much about Factor is that I've never been someone who makes time for cooking, but with Factor, I have delicious meals ready to go and on the table in just two minutes so I can get back to doing what I want with my time without the hassle of any prep, cooking, or cleanup, a total godsend. Factor's also celebrating Earth Day all month long, so look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for their lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash happiest50 and use code happiest50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code happiest50 at factormeals.com slash happiest50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Happiest Sober Podcast. I hope you're all having an amazing week so far. I'm going to be honest right off the top. I actually tried to record this episode like a week or two ago, and I was really excited to put it out when I was done recording. I felt like (laughs) it went well and like I was kind of on a roll. And I don't know what happened, but when I went to edit it the next day, it just, it did not record. So I was very crushed about that. I may have had just a little Menti B about it that day, but we're back and I'm gonna try this again today because I think that this topic really warrants its own episode. Um, today I'm gonna be talking about sober flying and that has been a really, really big thing for me in my sobriety. And I've talked about it here and there in different episodes, but I just felt like I wanted to do its own episode so I could really kind of go in depth talking about it. I'm gonna share how my experiences with sober flying have gone and I'm gonna share kind of my top tips for anyone out there who is also nervous about flying sober. And if you don't have a fear of flying, first of all, I'm very jealous of you. But second of all, hopefully you can still take something away from this episode because really it's about facing fears, period, um, no matter what those fears are. So I'm ready to go. I have a hot coffee here and an iced coffee here, and I'm ready for take two of sober flying. Um, 
I will say really quickly before we get into it that I run a sober support group called the Happiest Sober Hub. It is the absolute joy of my life. I'm getting to connect with my members there. And usually we meet twice a week on Zoom, but for the entire month of December, I've added a third weekly meeting to the schedule just for some extra support over the holidays. So if you're looking for some extra support to help you get through the holidays sober, or if you're just looking for um, some connection with a community of people who get it, then you can sign up for the Happiest a sober hub anytime. I would absolutely love to have you. Um, I will link sign up in the description of this episode. You can also head to happiestsober.com or you can head to my Instagram at happiestsober and click the link in my bio and you can sign up anytime. So, okay. Flying sober. For my entire life, I've been scared of flying and I'm just going to give you a little bit of a background here to to set the scene for when I had to tackle flying sober. But ever since the very first time that I ever got on a flight, I just found it to be a completely terrifying experience. It made me feel really, really panicked. I've realized I really struggle with anything where I have sort of like a lack of control. Like I don't love boats when they get really bumpy. I'm not a roller coaster person. Like I'm just, and you know, flying is the ultimate giving up control, right? Um, So it's really just always been a horrible experience for me. But when I, because I started drinking when I was 17. So before I started drinking, flying was always just something like if I booked a trip, I would immediately be anxious, like, oh my God, this means I have to get on a flight. And the days leading up to it and driving to the airport, like, I would be such a nervous wreck that it would almost like overshadow my excitement for the trip itself. And the very first time that I got on a flight, after I started drinking, um, I remember like I drank at the airport and I drank on the flight. And I remember getting off and being like, oh my God. That was so much easier. And I just felt like I have my solution. Like I figured out my solution. I just have to drink to fly. And that was the coping mechanism that I leaned on for the next 10 years whenever I had to fly. Um, And I even remember like I always, even in my drinking days, even in my heaviest drinking days, I always felt like I never want to drink around my kids. Like when I have kids one day, I don't want to drink around them just because I grew up with a sober mom and the older I got, the more I appreciated um, that she was always kind of a sober, clear-minded parent. And I wanted to be able to do that for my kids. But it's funny how, you know, the further you get, the more you push boundaries. And if I have no doubt that if I hadn't gotten sober before having kids that I would have, (laughs) I would have pushed that one for sure. But even when I was like dead serious, like I'm never going to drink in front of my kids if I have them, I started to be like, okay, but if I fly with my kids, that will be my exception. I'll, I'll drink to fly. Cause I was just so like in the belief that that was just the only solution to make flying a sort of bearable experience for me was to kind of numb and take the edge off of my anxiety with alcohol. Um, even when, so when I lived in Australia for a year in 2018, I remember like we, I, I was there with my sister and we flew a lot. It's pretty cheap to fly within Australia and we kind of went all over. Um, and we lived in a few different places. So at one point we were moving from one place to the other and we were flying and I got so sick. I, I came down with like a terrible case of strep throat. Like I was really sick. Um, 
And don't get me wrong, I used to drink when I was sick, but like I was so sick that I was like, that's off the table. So I was getting on this flight and I was so nervous, but I was like, I I don't think I can physically drink. Like I'm I'm too sick right now. This is pre-COVID. So um, now it's weird to think about the fact that I even got on a flight when I was feeling so sick. But anyways, so um, – I remember being like, I just have to, I'm just going to have to deal with this one sober because I, I, I can't physically get any wine into me. And when we took off and I felt that panic for the first time in years of how it felt for me to fly when I wasn't drunk, I was like, get a fucking wine in me immediately. I ordered one. Like, it didn't matter how sick I was. I was like, I can't do this sober. So all of that to say, when I finally quit drinking, and luckily, I got sober during the pandemic in 2020. And looking back, I'm so grateful for the timing of that because traveling and getting on a plane wasn't something I could even really think about doing yet. But even in my very early sobriety, because I talked about all of it to my mom, she was my my main support system when I got sober. And I remember saying to her once, and I've said this a couple times on this podcast, but when I was really kind of talking, like realizing like, okay, I need to, this sobriety thing, I need to be in it for the long haul. This is like the real thing. Like I I have to do this. I remember saying to her, even in those early days, like, okay, but like flying, like I was like, can't I just be a sober person who only drinks when they fly? Like that will be my one exception. I'll be sober all the time. But if I have to get on a plane, I'll let myself drink. (laughs) Like that was how much I believed I needed alcohol to do it, which like, LOL, cut to me if I let myself do that rule. I'm sure I would have just been finding every excuse under the sun to book a flight. But anyways, so luckily I was almost two years sober by the time I had to get on a plane for the first time. So by that point, it was just like such a non-negotiable for me that it was off the table with how far along I was in my sobriety. And again, I'm really glad with the timing of that because I'm not sure how I would have navigated it if I had to get on a plane in my earlier days when I was a lot more shaky, but um, I just knew like I had to do it. And I just, I kind of just accepted. I'm like, this is not going to be fun. This is going to be a really scary experience for me. And I'm just going to have to be willing to feel that. Like, I mean, I have to be willing to feel all my fears um, and to just do it. So when we got on the plane, I was so nervous and I cried when we took off because takeoff is always the scariest part for me. It's totally not logical, but I always just feel like the plane is going to fall out of the sky at takeoff. Um, so I I was crying. I was like squeezing. I had a death grip on my sister's hand. Um, and I remember her trying to look at me and be like, it's okay. It's okay. And I was like, it's not. Like, I'm not okay. I can't do this. Like, but obviously, once you're on the plane, you have no choice. Um, so, all of that to say, the first sober flight was like, I was so scared, so anxious, feeling so panicked. But when we landed and the plane touched down, like I remember so well my sister looking at me and being like, you did it. Because also like I had close to two years of being sober to be, to like – it was something in my head like I still haven't done this. Like I still haven't proved to myself that I can do this thing sober. And it was kind of like this – this sober first that was hugely hanging over my head. So I just remember like the relief, the immediate relief of like, oh my God, I did it. I got the first one out of the way. But also just like it felt so empowering to be like I was so scared and it was an awful experience, but I still survived it. Like I still 
pushed through it and and did something that I was so scared to do. Like that is such a rewarding feeling. You feel so accomplished. You feel so proud of yourself. So I mean, extreme lows and highs, I guess, of that experience, right? But I will say like even coming back, that was – I flew – oh, and that, that flight was a quick one. It was just a quick flight from Toronto to New York. So when I flew back, I will say that I think it was even just like a little bit easier on the flight back because I'd already gotten the first one out of the way. And the thing about sober first is that once you do it once, you prove to yourself that you can do it, right? So I think that that was partly what made it easier. Um, But I think also, and I'm going to talk about this more in depth later on, but I really, really believe that all those times, like that those that 10 years that I completely relied on alcohol for my coping mechanism, I was preventing myself from being able to actually get over my fear of flying because I was never having to actually like confront that fear and to feel it, right? So it's like the whole irony of liquid courage, quote unquote. And it's like, well, that's not actual courage. All you're doing is just numbing your fears and like taking the edge off. But real courage is doing something that you're really scared to do and like being willing to feel those fears and still do something. And that's how you actually work towards getting over a fear is feeling scared and then overcoming it. And when you're just drinking, you're not overcoming anything. You're just quieting that fear. Um, So I really think that like I, it's it's ironic because I believe that that was my solution for my fear of flying when really I think it was almost like perpetuating my fear of flying because I never had to actually like face it or overcome it. So as I'm recording this, I have done 13 sober flights. Shout out my sober Swifties. That's a fun number for us. 13 sober flights and nine sober solo flights. And ironically, actually, as I'm recording this, I'm a couple of days away from my next sober flight um, because I have been staying in Denver for the past couple months and I'm flying home to Toronto this week. So this episode is actually going to come out the day before I'm taking my flight back home. But flying not only sober, but solo was such a big thing that I was also scared of. And so my first flight was that flight to New York and back. And the next flight that I took was to Costa Rica and it was a solo flight. And I am sharing about this. I'm not going to walk through every flight I've been on. Don't worry. But I'm sharing about this one because I had such this sort of like light bulb aha moment um, when, when leaving for Costa Rica. So I had boarded the plane and I was sitting there and I was waiting to take off and take off like I said is the part that's always the scariest for me it's some it's my highest anxiety moment is when the plane's taking off and I was really just sitting there thinking about just kind of thinking about how I'm scared of flying and for the very first time ever I had this sort of mindset shift where I thought like what if I was open to believing that one day I won't be scared of flying. And like it was such this like revolutionary idea for me because for my whole entire life, I have accepted my fear of flying as just like part of my personality, just like part of who I am. Like that's just like something I have to live with. Flying's just always going to be an awful experience for me. And that's just like how it is. Like I really just believed like, yeah, that's like part of – that's just part of who I am. It's a, it's a thing about me um, that's always going to be there. And even just ha- like pondering that idea of like what if what if one day I'm not scared? 
Like what if that is a possibility that this could change? Even just in like opening my mind to the fact that that could be possible, I felt this intense kind of like relief and I swear like when that plane took off, it was the calmest I had ever been on a flight sober at takeoff before. Um, And that really just stuck with me. Like I was really just like I can work my way down from this. And like I will say I used to say like I'm terrified of flying and now I feel like I've even downgraded myself to be like I'm a nervous flyer. And like yeah, if it gets turbulent, I get scared. But like I feel like I'm working my way down on on the fear scale because I keep facing it and I'm not letting my fear of doing it stop me and I'm not drinking to get through it anymore. So I really do think that that's shifting things for me. Um, So that was just kind of a really, really cool moment for me to have that sort of shift in perspective about the fact that like this, I don't have to believe it's always going to be this way. I can believe in my ability to evolve and to grow and to have this be something that gets easier and easier with time. Um, so this year after Costa Rica, I flew a lot this summer and I flew solo a lot. I went to Atlanta for a weekend and I've been back and forth to Denver a lot now, um, because I'm dating somebody who lives here. So I'm going to be going back and forth a lot. And even I remember like when I flew to Atlanta, like the first few times that I flew sober, such a big part of the anxiety for me as well was just like having to navigate the airport alone that feels so like it feels so silly but whenever I would travel I think just because of my plane anxiety I would just kind of like blindly follow whoever I was with and so even just having to like get to the airport get through security find my gate all of that um it felt nerve-wracking to do it alone and I did like back-to-back a weekend in Atlanta and then a couple of days later I flew to Denver. And so when I was on my way to the airport for Atlanta, I was so nervous about that. And then when I did it the next time, I was like, I got this. And again, like if I had been just like drinking um, to get through like even sitting at the airport and doing all of that, I would have given all the credit to alcohol and doing something sober. It's like, no, like I I can do this now. It's like you get to build up that belief in yourself. And now um, all the times that I've had to fly sober, even if I get nervous about the flying part, I'm like confident in my ability to like get myself where I need to go and to be able to do it. So even that's just a pretty cool shift to see. So I'm going to share one more kind of flying story and then I'm going to get into my top tips for anyone who has a fear of flying sober. But okay, this story is my worst sober flying experience. And I did share it in a a past episode shortly after it happened, but I don't share this to like share a bad flying story for anyone else who's scared of flying to make them scared. But like it was one of those like, oh my God, if I can get through this sober, then I can get through anything sober. So I was flying from Denver to Toronto and I was waiting at my gate and they came on the speaker and they said, there's a mechanical issue with the plane. And, um, they just, there was going to be a little bit of a delay because they were having a mechanic look at it. So immediately for me, that is, that definitely increased my anxiety. Like don't love to hear that there's any issue with the plane, obviously. Um, and so Shortly after, it didn't actually take that long, but shortly after they said, okay, it's all good. You're good to board. So we board the plane, sit down, get settled, everything. And then the pilot comes on the speaker and says like, I'm so sorry. They're actually taking this 
plane out of service. So we all, we all had to get off the plane and we had to wait for them to find us a new plane. So it actually didn't take that long considering they had to locate us a new plane. We weren't waiting crazy long, but then um, they find the plane. We get to board again. Maybe it was an hour and a half later. And as we're sitting there, so we get back on, we're sitting there and all of a sudden there's this, there's this like thud where we're not even moving yet. We're just sitting there, but it feels as if like something's like hit the plane or something. Like it just felt, we're like, well, what the hell was that? The pilot gets off the plane to go look at it. He comes on the speaker and he's like, I'm so sorry. Like the, the grounds crew had, had kind of messed something up. And honestly, I think I blacked out from anxiety at this point. Cause I didn't even like, I couldn't register what he was even saying happened, except that now we have to wait on the plane for a mechanic to come and look at it. Um, so now I am in full blown panic because I'm like, I don't want to take this plane anymore. Like I'm just like the first one, they said there was something wrong with it and then that it was okay. And then it had to be taken out of service. And now something's wrong with this plane. And like, I was just like, I want him to tell us we have to get off. Like, I don't want to take this plane. Something's going to be wrong with it. Like it was, I was just spiraling. So then shortly after he comes on and says, okay, we actually, we got the green light. We're good to take this plane. We're going to be taking off soon. So I'm panicking because I do not want to take this plane. And side note, like I know that flying, I know logically that flying is so safe and that they're not going to let you fly it if it's not safe. But like when you're just anxious about flying, logic just goes out the window. So we take off and side note to another side note, we take off to the bumpiest, most turbulent takeoff ever. I'm crying and I'm so embarrassed about it also because I'm by myself sitting next to this very like sweet man and I'm just like can't like uncontrollably tears blowing out. And as we take off and it's so bumpy, I am just convinced. Like I'm just like this, this plane's going down. Like we're not making it back to Toronto. Um, And then as we get up, finally, like it kind of calms down a little bit. I kind of calm down a little bit. And then finally, we're like almost at Toronto. We're going to be landing soon. I'm like, okay, this nightmare can be over. And then do they not come on the speaker and say, I'm so sorry, there is a thunderstorm over Toronto and we have to circle the sky before we can land, like to wait for it to be safe to land. So now I'm like stressed out about that again. And then when it's finally safe to land, he comes on the speaker and is like, um, the flight attendants aren't going to be making their way through the cabin again because uh, we've advised that it's going to be a turbulent landing. So then we have a turbulent landing. Like It was just like every single thing that could have gone wrong did. But what was so freaking cool about it was that I realized like well after taking off, we were already like up, we'd already taken off and it dawned on me like, all of this stress and anxiety and panic and literally crying out of being so scared, I did not once have the thought enter my brain of like, oh, I wish I had a drink in me for this. And for like, that is just such a big deal for the fact that I couldn't even fathom how I was going to be able to fly when I got sober, let alone dealing with something that like stressful and that anxiety inducing for me and for alcohol to not be like have been a thought through that whole experience was just like a really, really cool thing to notice. And I came off of it feeling like, I mean, obviously feeling like that was absolute hell. That was awful. But like I did it sober. And again, the idea of that was once so impossible 
for me to wrap my head around. So if you're listening to this and you haven't gotten on a flight yet and you're nervous about it, just know that like you can absolutely survive survive hard things and scary things and get through them sober. Um, but okay, now I'm going to move on to my top tips for anybody who is nervous about sober flying. So my first tip is really about what you're going to do before the day comes for you to get on the plane. So I think that it's actually so, so, so helpful to kind of do like research in advance because we do know logically that flying is actually so safe. Like It's so much more safe than driving. Everyone always says you're way more likely to get in a car accident than you are to ever be in a plane crash. And it's basically like the chances are so low. It's like getting struck by lightning. Like we know all of this logically. But I think that learning a lot of facts about how safe it is can be very helpful, especially if you're having an anxious moment. It's just things that you can tell yourself in the moment to kind of calm you down. So for me, my uncle is actually a pilot. And whenever I see him, when I know I'm going to be flying, soon, I'll be like, tell me all the ways that flying is so, so safe. And he'll just kind of like go off to to me about like all the safety measures and just, just everything that makes it so safe, whether that's to do with the pilots or the plane or all of it. And I find it really, really comforting. Um, so that might mean for you just literally researching all the safety measures, like Google like flying safe or something and see what comes up. Read all the information about why it's so, so safe. There are even podcasts on this topic. Like really just arm yourself with a lot of facts because I find that that's always really, really helpful for me. And when you know turbulence is happening, I'll like tell myself everything I've heard about why turbulence is normal and not a big deal. Um, There's also, there was this TikTok video just explaining how turbulence isn't anything to worry about. And maybe I'm going to try to find it. And if I do, I'll link it in the show notes. But she had like a clear cup with like jelly in it, like jello. And she put like a little like toy plane in the middle of the jelly. So it's just floating there. And then she kind of poked the jelly to make it like bounce around. But she's like, you see how the plane's moving, but it's not going anywhere. Like it is in there. That's like what turbulence is like. Like the air is holding you. You know, that's that's my very poor explanation. I'm sure she <laughs> explained it a lot better. Um, but I'll try to find that video. But yeah, just I think it's so helpful if you can just arm yourself with a lot of knowledge going into it. Because like I said, fears are very irrational often. Um, And even though I'm not saying it's irrational to have a fear of flying, I do think that is kind of a rational fear. It kind of goes against our instinct to be, (laughs) as humans, to be, you know, flying, to be in the air. Um, But if you can just really arm yourself with all the knowledge of how safe it is and all the different safety protocols they have and everything that's in place, like that always brings me a ton of comfort. Um, And then I think also a really, really big one that is helpful is knowing your airport routine. And this is okay. So I think that this is interesting because for me, as an anxious flyer, I absolutely love getting to the airport like obnoxiously early, <laughs> like way earlier than I need to get there. I want to find my gate. I want to get my coffee and my and my food and just sit at the gate and wait. And if I'm at my gate like two hours before I need to board, I'm so happy because I'm like, okay, I'm here. I know I'm here for it. Um, and that really calms me down. Whereas it's, you know, it's interesting. I chatted with a sober person recently who actually said the opposite because they were someone who used to drink in the airport a lot and the airport was a big trigger for them. So it actually 
makes flying easier for them to get there like late, to get there as close to boarding as possible. So I think everyone's really different, but just kind of identifying what airport routine works best for you and what makes you feel the most calm about it. Um, And then also, of course, like while you're there, if you have accountability buddies you can reach out to while you're waiting to board. I also just uh, heard recently that you can actually go up um, when you're waiting to board. If you go up to the desk and tell them that you're struggling to stay sober, um, they can make an announcement to ask any friends of Bill W. to come to the gate and people will come. And for anyone who doesn't know, friends of Bill W. is like AA lingo. Um, So I just heard that recently. um, that that's also something that you can do. But I think, yeah, knowing your airport routine, knowing like whether you prefer to get there really early, whether you prefer to have less time to wait at the gate, um, having people that you can reach out to while you're there or having the proper distractions is so, so helpful. Um, and then, okay, speaking of distractions, that's my next tip is knowing what works best for you as far as distracting your mind when you're on the flight. So I think this is really interesting because for me, it's such a combination of different things. Like the first time that I flew sober, I had just recently gotten really into podcasts and I had this podcast I was really obsessed with. Um, And so I was listening to it while I was waiting for the plane to take off. But then when the plane started moving, I realized the only only thing that can calm my mind during like takeoff and landing is music. Like I can't do any of the distractions during those two things. That's when my anxiety is highest and I find it easiest to zone out when music is playing in those times. Whereas once we get up and we've taken off and we're kind of well into the flight, that's when I can switch to like watching a show, listening to a podcast. And then like if turbulence comes, I'm like, pause the show. I need to blast music. Like for me, that's what really helps distract me and calm my mind the most is just letting music kind of blast. So I think arm yourself with every option of distraction, like download a ton of music for yourself, make like a really good plane playlist. I always have a different plane playlist, whether that's having like calming music or just your favorite artist or whatever, download lots of podcasts, download shows, bring a book, like have a bunch of different distractions because I really do find that I need each of them in different moments. It's kind of funny. Um, And then also like this is kind of cliche, but honestly, deep breathing is so helpful for me in an anxious moment. I'll kind of just like grip the the armrest and close my eyes and really just breathe deeply. Um, Something that really can be helpful as well is my mom told me about this and I think it was – I think it's a quote from Byron Katie who's a really amazing – Um, author and kind of like spiritual teacher, but something that she will ask is like, in this moment, is everything okay? And like when you're on a plane and maybe you're scared, we're often scared not because of what's actually happening. We're scared because of what we're afraid of happening or what we're imagining is happening. But literally just being like, in this moment, is everything okay? I'm sitting in my seat, you know, like I'm buckled in, the plane is moving, maybe it's a little bit bumpy, but like in this moment, I'm okay, I'm breathing, I'm safe, like the plane isn't going down to my knowledge, you know, like really just coming back to what's actually happening in this moment and asking yourself, in this moment, am I okay? Because often we're reacting to our worst case scenario. Like I, I'm so guilty of that. There, there'll be turbulence and my brain is like, oh my God, we're about to crash. <laughs> the plane's about to go down. But really like if I was to ask what's actually happening is just like, oh, there, there are some bumps, but 
right now I'm okay. Things aren't flying out of the overhead. Like, you know what I mean? Just really coming back to what is actually happening right now rather than letting your mind run wild and then reacting to your worst case scenario of what could be happening. Okay, and this next one is kind of silly, but you know what? It works for me, so I'm going to share because maybe it'll work for you. But like when I think of my heroes, they all fly a lot. (laughs) Like, you know, it's no secret if you follow me online, it's no secret I'm a big Swifty. And I will think of like, oh my God, Taylor flies all the time. And like it just, for some silly reason, it really does bring me comfort. And even I'm a really big fan of a podcast called Giggly Squad. And they, like one of the girls in the podcast is a comedian. She's always on tour. She's always in a different city. They talk all the time about like different kind of funny flying stories on the podcast. And like, it just helps me to think of like, oh, these people who like I look up to are almost like, you know, in my head, they feel like a friend or like somebody I know. They fly all the time. And like, this must just be just another day for them and a non-issue. And like thinking about it like that makes me feel comforted about it for some reason. So even if you have like anyone who you really look up to, or like a, a almost like a comfort celebrity, even thinking about how often they fly and that it's no big deal for them. And for me, that just feels kind of inspiring and comforting. Um, and I, I think about that sometimes when I'm feeling anxious on a plane. Um, okay, my next tip is this is like for anyone, it, it's a little bit woo-woo, but like, so I'm not religious, but I am spiritual, I would say. And obviously, oftentimes a, a big theme when people talk about sobriety, especially for anyone who's um, follows the 12-step AA model is about believing in like a higher power. So if you're somebody who does believe in a higher power, just like something greater than you, I do find it comforting because like the thing is, is that like I said, when you're on a plane, it's a total lack of control. Like you've, you, you are giving up control over, you know, you're not flying the plane. Um, and so it is kind of, you do kind of have to surrender to that. And something, if I've felt anxious that I've thought about before is like, it brings me comfort to just visualize in my head, like the pilot's not flying the plane right now. Like the, the universe is flying this plane, like, and just like literally handing it over to the idea that like that higher power is the one who's flying the plane and in control of it. One time I was um, getting my hair done and I was talking to my hairdresser about my fear of flying and I remember this woman who was in the chair beside me and I guess was listening and on the conversation kind of like nudged me and was like, when your number's up, your number's up. Like don't worry about it. Don't let it stop you kind of thing. And like I even found that to be comforting. Like maybe it's a little bit morbid but just really being like, yeah, like when it's my time, I'm going to go. So I can't like why even fight that or try to have control over it? I just have to accept that like I have to live my life. I have to go have experiences and travel and flying is part of that and I don't have any control over when my time is and I just need to live my life and and kind of trust that and being like, okay, whether or not this plane's going – like it, it helps me to be like regardless of this plane, like when my number's up, my number's up and there's no fighting it. So I just have to trust that this is all going to work out. Um My next tip is something that I preach all the freaking time. I always talk about how we can survive our discomfort. And so this is no different. It's just that we can survive the feeling of being scared in a situation like this. And what I've realized as well that is kind of interesting when it comes to my fear of flying is that often it's not even 
the flight or what could go wrong on the flight that I'm scared of. Often I'm scared of being scared. Like I'm anxious for a flight because I know I'm going to be anxious on it. And like I'm 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 nervous to feel those feelings of fear and anxiety, if that makes sense. Like sometimes I hear scary stories about things that have happened on flights, like really bad turbulence or emergency landings or, you know, like hitting turbulence and the oxygen mask coming down and hearing those stories and then hearing that like, oh, but everything turned out okay and they were all fine and and they carried on, you know, as normal. It doesn't bring me comfort because what freaks me out about those stories is like, oh my God, if I was in that situation, it would be so terrifying and I'm scared of having to experience that level of being terrified. And so it kind of helps me to even think about it that way though, is that like often what I'm scared of is just anticipating those feelings of fear. And then that's when we can come back down to like, but I can survive my emotions. I can feel my fear and get through it and be okay. And no emotion is going to kill you. And it's so helpful to just remember that like, as much as it sucks to feel fear, as much as like if you're a nervous flyer, it is not a freaking fun experience to get on a plane and hand over control and just have to sit with that level of anxiety. But just remembering that Once the plane touches down and you've gotten through it sober, especially if you were someone who didn't necessarily believe that that was even possible, someone who really relied on alcohol um, like me, it's so empowering to do it sober. Even if it's terrible, the reward is so much greater because you're like, oh my God, I did that. Like I did something that I didn't think I could do and it's really worth it. And you know, that's when playing the tape forward as far as like traveling and vacations is so, so helpful. It's like, how do I want to feel when this plane touches down? Do I want to have used alcohol to get through it and then have made no progress on actually beginning to overcome this fear? Do I want to, you know, start my vacation off with a hangover, feeling shitty and feeling disappointed in myself that I drank? And, you know, I'm sure no doubt that that would lead to drinking on vacation. Like, how do I want to feel when this plane touches down? How do I want to feel when I'm leaving vacation? Like all of that compared to the plane touching down and being like, holy shit, I did it. And feeling so proud of yourself and feeling so accomplished and feeling like even if it sucked, you kind of feel on top of the world after because you did it. And then getting to leave your vacation with like a clear conscience, a clear mind, feeling accomplished, like feeling like you got through something and you faced a fear. Like it's so, so worth it, even for the temporary, you know, shitty experience of being scared and anxious, you get to get to the other side of it and feel really, really accomplished and so proud of yourself. And that's just the best feeling. And my last tip is really going back to what I shared about the kind of mindset shift I had when I was flying to Costa Rica, which is just to trust in the possibility Like open your mind to just the possibility that one day you can overcome this fear and that one day maybe flying won't be so scary for you or anything that you're, that you're dealing with fear over. I think so many of us, you know, at least speaking for myself, like I said, I really just accepted that this was one of my fears and that's just the way it is and that's the way it's going to be. And I think that it's so helpful to really just believe that it can shift. And, you know, like I said, I think that when we're drinking to 
take the edge off of our anxiety, we're preventing ourselves from being able to get over it. So maybe, you know, maybe you're going to think, well, no, I've been flying for X amount of years and I'm still scared of it. But if you've been using alcohol for all those years, you haven't had to actually like face the fear. You haven't had to confront it. So I think often our fears can almost become like limiting beliefs that we have on ourselves. And I think it's really freeing to just believe like it doesn't mean I have to say this is easy now. It doesn't mean it's even going to be easy anytime soon, but I'm willing to believe that this can shift. I'm willing to believe that the more that I face this, the more I face this sober and actually feel my fear and get to the other side of it, the easier it can slowly get. And this fear in particular is just so beyond worth facing because I just think traveling is one of the best best experiences that we have in life and it's just really coming back it's that that old glennon doyle mantra which is so perfect is just we can do hard things it's like it's okay if it's hard it's okay if it's scary you can still do it you can feel that fear and still do the thing and then you get to land feeling so freaking proud of yourself and you should if you're someone who has a fear of flying and has gotten sober and has kind of lost that crutch of alcohol like that is so hard that's so scary I mean I'm speaking from experience here so if that's you you should be so 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 proud of yourself every time that you face it So I hope this episode was a helpful one for you. I'm cheering on anyone who has any travel plans in the coming, you know, especially around the holidays, but in the coming weeks or months, if you're a nervous flyer, I solidarity, I'm freaking cheering you on. You can absolutely do this. And before I sign off, speaking of sober travel, just a little reminder that my sober trip to Croatia is available to book. There are still some spots left. The trip is in May and I could not be more excited about it. The itinerary looks freaking incredible, but most of all, I'm so excited to travel with a group of sober people. Um, It's going to be just so, so amazing. So I linked the itinerary in the show notes of this episode. You can head there to view all the details and to reserve your spot. You can also always head to the link in my bio on Instagram for all those details as well. If you enjoyed this episode, then feel free to share it with a friend or share it on social media. Rate, review, subscribe. Follow me on Instagram at happiestsober and subscribe to my weekly newsletter at happiestsober.com. New episodes come out every Tuesday, so I will chat with you next week. I hope you have an amazing week. Remember that life's happiest when you're sober. Bye. Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.